Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So it's Monday, April 3rd, and it was just announced by Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, on Twitter that Andrew Wiggins is reportedly coming back to the Warriors this week. And honestly, that changes everything that I was going to talk about about the Nuggets game, the loss from Sunday. This is what we've all wanted. I've talked about this a lot. I've used the phrase healthy and whole for the Warriors. Healthy applied to Kaminga when he was out, when Gary Payton II was out. Those guys are obviously back. And then whole was more about Andrew Wiggins. And I'd always said that, the one thing I really, really want to see is the perimeter defense when the Warriors have Gary Payton II, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, and Dante DiVincenzo. And then you can add guys to that like Clay, Draymond on switches, Andre Godala if he ever gets healthy. But bottom line is that four-man perimeter rotation uh, for defense is going to be really, really tough for any team to beat in any given round. It's not unbeatable, but just think about that. You know what I mean? Think about the first option being guarded by, you know, before Gary Payton came back, it would have been like Kaminga. But now Kaminga is going to guard the second option or Wiggins is going to guard the second or third option. You know, they're not all going to play at the same time, but it gives the Warriors plenty of fouls and it gives them the ability to just really bug the heck out of the first two, three options on uh, any team, right? They're going to be able to give them different looks. They're not going to be able to rest and they can give coverage to guys like Steph and, you know, Jordan Poole on defense. So it gives Steve Kerr a lot of, latitude to to play with where is Wiggins going to take minutes from once he's up to speed maybe Kaminga hopefully Lamb (laughs) right Uh, although Lamb has played solidly and he does things that Steve Kerr definitely likes you could see combinations where maybe Wiggins plays bigger plays at the four we know Steve Kerr's done that or playing him with Kaminga a little bit more than before because obviously Kaminga's earned Steve Kerr's trust and earned more minutes and earned the ability to play through some mistakes. So it'll be curious to see. And these are just, you know, initial reactions to this news. But this, you know, changes everything for the Warriors because we know Andrew Wiggins was the Warriors' second best player in the playoffs last season, especially the finals. And we also know that he was their second best player to start the season and the second most consistent player behind Steph, right? So this really, really helps. And when you look at the Warriors' playoff rotation, it's pretty much the same at least now from one through seven, right? You have Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney, uh, Jordan Poole and Gary Payton the second. 
right? And then you follow that up with Dante DiVincenzo, who's had some you know rough patches lately, but I still obviously believe in him. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, maybe Anthony Lamb or whomever else Steve Kerr decides to bring up off the bench. So it's not exactly like last year, but for folks who <laughs> were really clamoring for running it back with the same dudes, then this is as close as we are going to get. Now, Shams, he reported that the reason Andrew Wiggins was out was because his father, Mitchell Wiggins, uh, is dealing with a, a medical issue. And so <laughs> for all those folks out there, those rumor-mongering folks who were saying that his baby mama was <laughs> cheating on him with his best friend and that those kids aren't his. I mean, y'all are just, <laughs> yeah, that is like the, the absurdity of social media, of this world we live in, of all that stuff. You know, I hope that uh, his pops is all right. You know, for anyone who's dealt with family issues like this, I personally totally understand. So I understand, especially if you had to be out of the Bay Area and everybody deals with this kind of stuff differently. Yes, it's not likely that any of us in our regular day jobs could just peace out for that long, but it's different. It's different. You know what I mean? And to me, as long as his employer was cool with it and as long as his coworkers were cool with it, then that's it. That's the end of that conversation. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if you're in a gig and your boss isn't cool with it or your coworkers aren't cool with it either, then that's an issue between you and your workspace. You know what I mean? So I get it. These guys are rich and they're <laughs> afforded a lot of these luxuries to, to walk. But, um, you know, hey, it is what it is. Now, how long will it take Andrew Wiggins to catch up? We know that it took Wiggins a while to, you know, get his shot back, get his rhythm back after he had that adductor injury earlier in the season. And that was the longest stretch of any regular season that he'd ever missed before. The dude was never really injured to the point where he had to sit out that long. So I'd said before, like his shot was was amazing percentage-wise in terms of his three especially. And it was going down like like it hadn't before. But we also know that he's not like a natural shooter. So as opposed to someone like Clay or Steph being out for a while, there was a natural period of waiting for his shot to kind of come back to him. You know what I mean? And it didn't until maybe the last couple of games before he, he disappeared. That final game he played in a Warriors uniform before uh, he sat out for a while was like, I think I wrote <laughs> is Andrew Wiggins back. I think that was the title of that episode because he shot the lights out. I think he went for 27 and he shot high percentages and it was like, okay, cool. You know, so how long will it take for him to get back to that point? Because they're going to need him to be able to shoot right? Because some of the combinations of lineups Steve Kerr wants to use with him, you need to have shooters on there on the court. So that'll be a question mark, but they can also afford to hopefully bring him on a little bit, a little bit slowly, 
right? Because you have Kamenga, because you have Liam, because Gary Payton II is back. So there's no huge need to just like thrust him in there. If Kamenga hadn't uh, improved to this point, if Lamb, if they booted him, even if they kept Ty Jerome instead, uh, or if Gary Payton II was still hurt, then there'd be more of an impetus to really, really like get him back up to speed. So there's three games left against the Thunder and then the Kings and then the Blazers. And while that's not ideal to get someone up to speed, especially when the Warriors actually really, really need to win all those games, then, you know, whatever first round matchup, whether it is play in, which I don't think is going to happen, honestly, or, uh, you know, first round seven game series against the Kings or something. Uh, I think that they could work him in slowly, but surely defensively. I mean, it's all about conditioning, right? Steve Kerr had said last week that wherever Andrew Wiggins was, he was working out and hopefully staying in shape. Obviously it's not the same as legit game shape, but hopefully he can get his conditioning up and his ability to catch up on defense will be quicker than on offense. And that's still a huge, huge thing, right? Because again, you throw them out there with whatever defensive combinations and those guys can potentially stifle the offense of <laughs> other teams, right? I mean, if you look at the Kings hypothetically, it's like Darren Fox, Herder, Malik Monk. Technically, you have guys you can put on each of them defensively. So I'm super happy. Like I was a little disappointed after that Warriors lost to the Nuggets. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but this is the best news for the Warriors, for Warriors fans, and for Andrew Wiggins. You know, hopefully this means he's at a place where everything is all good with him, his family, all that jazz, and that he has the ability to move forward, continue the resiliency to deal with whatever media, whatever trash talk from Twitter, <laughs> from random Joe Schmo in some random uh, fan base in some other town. You know what I mean? So that's a huge, massive positive. I'm looking forward to more news about that. Real quick about the Nuggets game, because that was a rough watch. The Warriors, they had their destiny once again in their hands, ability to stay in the fifth spot. And they were given the gift of no Nikola Jokic in this one. And hey, the Nuggets, they showed up. But the Warriors, they just kicked this one away. You know what I mean? They had an opportunity to really, really hold on to what they had. Like, just, it was there. And once again, as we've seen time and time again, they, they couldn't come through. Everything they did at home, they couldn't do on the road. And I've said this before, that the Warriors, they live by the three. And when they win, great. And then when they die by the three, this is what happens. They were nine for 42 in this one, which is a gross 21%. Steph was two for 14. Clay was five for 16. And again, this is who the Warriors are. After they traded James Wiseman, I remember Steve Kerr saying, we are built as a jump shooting perimeter team. And, you know, at the time I was like, well, you had a big who could score, but hey, that's, that's besides the point right now. Anyway, that 
is something to keep an eye on and getting Wiggins back helps them shoot more twos, helps them in the post, helps them with mismatches, helps them get to the basket more on drives. So that part of Wiggins' rhythm hopefully will come back a little bit more quickly than maybe his three. I mean, I would love for it all to come back just like that. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, Steph said after the game, quote, we've got to come to a realization that if we're going to win or do anything in the playoffs, this kind of game like tonight can't happen. And honestly, like that is a quote that could pretty much be from any game, any day, any week, any month of this past season, which, as I've said, which is what makes it so frustrating this year. If they're just consistently bad, hey, that's one thing. If they're consistently good, that's amazing. But if they're consistently like not living up to expectations and going back and forth, teasing us with who and what they can be and then falling short of that, that's where like the the grumbling honestly comes from. And I get it. Winning an NBA title is difficult, but uh, this is just who they are. And my buddy Aaron in Toronto said, I mean, this is what we're talking about when we say they always have a chance. They can pull stuff out of their butts and almost win any game. But that's a lot different than saying they should be favored in any game, right? I mean, we talk about, like, don't give up on this team. And we don't. But they've disappointed everyone a lot. And it's like we know what they can be when they play focused with effort when they're on a string defensively. But then we also know that they can trip over themselves stumble over their own feet and that they're not perfect. So they can win four games out of seven against any team in the league. That is not a question, but as I've spoken, I mean, even since earlier in the season, when the Warriors have these bad habits of, you know, not playing playing well, not playing hard, not playing, you know, with the right intention. They just need to cough up a couple of those and you're done for the series. You know what I mean? Like, hey, once, maybe get away with it twice. When you don't have home court advantage, that might be what burns them. Like, for example, again, if the Warriors play the Kings, oh, man, I got confidence in that. You know? Uh, The Kings are a very, very good team, but I have confidence in the Warriors showing up, having very little travel time and relying on their veteran experience. I can see that, but I can also see that same Warriors team coming out, speaking all these platitudes from like Clay and Draymond and Steph, and then getting like smoked, (laughs) right? I'm not predicting one way or the other because we've seen both of those scenarios this season. That's what makes it so confounding and so vexing all year long. You know, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, Wiggins is back soon and that changes a lot of stuff. Another thing, Jordan Poole, he's been playing much, much better. I give him his flowers coming off the bench. But one thing that has always, always killed me this season and even before the season and I know a lot of other people feel the same way is, you know, yes, he makes poor decisions still. He's getting better, but he's, 
making poor decisions throughout the season of taking heat check shots, dribbling and, you know, losing the ball. But like one of the things that's tied into that is also where he will dribble, will drive, he'll lose the ball or he'll miss the shot. He won't get the foul and he'll fall down. We know he falls down a lot, right? But he just needs like Steve Kerr, Steph, Draymond, Clay, I don't know, some some vet, Andre Godala, somebody needs to tell him to like don't fall down because invariably that is a fast break going the other way at best 5 on 4. You know, it could be 4 on 2. So that also means that if the defense holds on the break, you're taking forever to get back on defense and you're still at a disadvantage. And that happened against the Nuggets when the Warriors were hanging by a thread trying to stay in the game. Jordan Poole drove, lost the ball, fell down. And then this time he actually added insult to injury by arguing the call and getting a technical. So two points and then a third. And all of a sudden in a game where, you know, you're having trouble staying close, keeping contact with the Nuggets, you give up three, which is a big deal, right? The Warriors, they lost by two. I wouldn't put that on him, but, you know, if I was like <laughs> really irrational in the moment, I'd be like, ah, Jordan Poole. So that is something that, again, that's part of decision making because I'm pretty sure he could stay on his feet if he wanted to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that being said, uh, feeling much better about the situation right now with the Warriors. They are now tied in the loss column with the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Pelicans. Don't feel that great about that. But my friend Mike on this group text that I'm on pointed point out that the Clippers and the Lakers play each other. So someone is going to have to lose. And then both those teams play Phoenix. The Pelicans, I've always said, have a really, really tough end of season record compared to the Warriors. So that's also a plus. And then the Warriors, they play OKC at home. OKC is been struggling a little bit lately, even though they're feisty. But hey, if the Warriors are getting ready for the playoffs, they better take this young OKC team at home. Then they go on the road to the Kings. And if the Kings are going to be kind of locked into that third slot, Mike Brown is definitely going to rest his guys. You know what I mean? Even if there's a chance to avoid the Warriors, hey, if you avoid the Warriors, you might get the Clippers, you might get the Lakers. So if I'm him, you know, who do you want? That's tough, right? <laughs> but I think he would probably opt for resting dudes. So that's another game on the road the Warriors could get. And then after that, it's on the road against the Blazers. And if the Warriors cough that one up, then they deserve the play-in. So basically, if the Warriors can win out, I feel like they can get the sixth seed. That's basically it. That looks like how it's going to land. Uh, but again, it's up to them as it's been all the season. You go back to that <laughs> quote from Steph, we got to come realization that we're going to win or do anything in playoffs. This kind of game like tonight can't happen. It can't happen the rest of the, the season, these three games. You know what I mean? So fingers crossed. I believe in these dudes, but I also know <laughs> that on any given night, they could just get smushed. You know, or they could just go cold and go nine for 40 from, from three, just come up short. 
So Wiggins is coming back soon and let's uh, hang our hats on that and hope for, hope for the best in terms of him getting back to where he was before. All right. That's all I got. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.